Hello and welcome to the fourth quarter NBA podcast. It's uh, kind of an arbitrarily weekly podcast about basketball-related matters. Is it, is it arbitrarily weekly? We've been doing pretty good. I think we've been doing okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just it's well over a year now. I think our SoundCloud subscription is about to tick over and I'm about to be charging an exorbitant amount of money onto my credit card. Oh, God. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Fuck. <laughs> so that's happening. Um, so that really does show how long it's been. Uh, well, we well, while we try to make an episode weekly, sometimes things do fall through the, the, the cracks. But the NBA regular season has been back for quite a, some time now. We're coming up to three weeks or so. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so, I mean, we're really getting into it now. There are a lot of great storylines that are developing and out of this season, and let's just get straight into it. My name is Michael. Sitting next to me is Brian, my good friend and co-host. I forgot to ask, how are you doing today? Yeah, t- today's been good. Um, yeah, no, it's just been a good day, apart from... I mean, I'm enjoying the rain, mainly because I don't have to go outside, but I know a lot of people will be complaining about it. I know a lot of people are suffering as well. I mean... As you guys probably heard, we had a really uh, the country had a really bad earthquake, uh, 7.5 to true. 7.8 on the Richter scale, down in the South Island. We're in the North Island. We're we are okay. We're still we're doing just fine. We're just a bit wet now because the weather that's come down there has come come to Auckland now. Um, so, but um, you know, uh, it's, it feels stereotypical to say, but you know, our hearts really do go out for the people that might be listening down south today. And I uh, hope you guys are doing okay. Because there's some people down there in some very small towns, and they're absolutely struggling right now because all their services are cut off. Yeah, it was, it was right. It was based right in the countryside, wasn't it, this time? Exactly. I mean, and there's there's a town of Kaikoura down there, which is like, you know, it's a couple of thousand people at, at most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. That, that town's basically completely cut off. There's tourists there that had to be airlifted out because they were, had they had to leave, you know. Yeah, 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 it's a pretty pretty bad situation. So yeah, we, we are thinking about them as as this as this all goes on. Um, been a pretty disastrous couple of weeks for the world. We 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 thought about talking about it a little bit, and I said no, and I I'm still thinking no. We'll just acknowledge the fact that it exists, though. Yeah, we'll just see how things go. I, I just don't want to, you know, if you know, Brian, I just don't want to seem like we live in this basketball bubble. You know, <laughs> the, the, we the, don't all... acknowledge that thing. That there's things going on. You know, but, I, I don't know. Maybe that's what maybe that's what people come to us for. I just think like, so. I just think the so. fact that there is and there's, there's only a beautiful basketball world where <laughs> shitty trade rumors will always exist. <laughs> that, that, and... That's the only bad thing that ha- that happens. Is yeah. shitty trade rumors and uh, maybe a couple of banana boat incidents. Yeah, but otherwise, you know, it's just a beautiful world where we talk about basketball statistics and other <laughs> stuff like that. Along I just. Lines. Having said that, though, I just do want to acknowledge that, you know, there's some stuff going on. It's not our area of expertise. No, exactly. We may have opinions about it, but I'm not going to comment on it. No. Uh, we're going to talk about basketball now. Yep. Yeah. And there's been a lot going on in basketball. So we decided for the regular season, bring back the news. Yeah, it's true. Talk we about we get actual things. news now. Yeah, yeah, a couple of snippets to talk about. And I think... For now, I think for for starters, we'll start with the biggest number this this week, which is forty seven, and that is the Andrew Wiggins game against my Los Angeles Lakers. Here's the thing: I was watching the box score. I wasn't watching the game, but I was watching the score, and I watched the highlights. I watched the Andrew Wiggins highlights, and I'm not even mad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I said a few episodes ago that as a Lakers fan this year, watching them rebuild. I always have to ring it back to the Lakers, but um, watching them rebuild and watching them have this, um, you know, kind of uh, first year in a line of hopefully positive years, they're going to lose a lot of games. And I enjoy watching 
things happen to you know I, I don't mind them losing that much it's their good learning experiences and for a thing like Andrew Wiggins I mean he's a guy that we have doubted before on the show yeah yeah to a to, to certain extent to a certain, certain extent and um at least at the start of this season, he seems to be putting some stuff together and on the offensive end of the court. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I mean, the big thing is a lot of people talk about the fact that he can score, but we always kind of had the idea that he can't score. That's, you know, what one of his biggest selling points. What worried us was the fact that the rest of his game isn't quite there. He's not really a fantastic passer. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, he doesn't really rebound very hard. He's still a little bit... Um, Still a little bit not quite strong enough, not a little bit too light along those lines. I think he's really lucky to have Ricky Rubio next to him because he, Andrew Wiggins, I believe, does best with him when he has the ball in his hands. But the thing is, Ricky Rubio is such a good facilitator that he's going to give him good touches. Yeah, exactly. And you really need that with a player like Andrew Wiggins. Or us, you know, if you get a team where there's not a good leader on the floor, not someone who can, who, you know, can initiate the offense. I think he becomes a pretty inefficient player. Yeah, in a lot I, of, in a lot of systems. There, there, there's bits and pieces of that. I, I think another big thing is just he's showing a lot of improvement in terms of actual shooting. Right, and that's something that it's just great. Like very efficient night, got to the rim very well, shot a lot of free throws. Um, on it's the other just hand, one of those dream games. Yeah. On the other hand, we should also talk about the fact that I think, I think the Lakers this year shows what how much a good coach means to a team yeah because totally i just want to quickly cut in, cut in with nick young right yeah a lot Shout of out peop- to zach Lowe. he um, made a pretty interesting yeah. tweet about nick young's defense this year a lot of people you know basically saying last year you know why is he still on the team and including myself i remember saying he's a good player just you know, mentally never quite there. I know that he's not one of your favorite players because you kind of like the smarter players that yeah. are out there, you know? I liked his game when he was in Washington. I really thought he had a lot of potential. But mm. then, ever since he left there, and you could kind of see why he left in terms of with his play style later on, you know, Black Hole doesn't really give a shit about what happens. Yeah. You know, just plays, does whatever. This but, is what I... When, when, when we got Lou Williams last year, sorry to interject, yeah. but when we got Lou Williams last year... And here's a, here, it's actually pretty relative to what the point that you're trying to make. I thought, oh my God, it's another chucker on the team, yeah. essentially. And yes, absolutely, he was a chucker along with Nick Young last year with Byron Scott as the, as the man at the helm. But now that Luke Walton's in charge, he's become a leader on this team. Exactly. And he, he's early season running for sixth man of the year right here. Yeah, exactly. So this, is, like, this shows you know, what coaches mean in the sleek. A lot of people would just say, you know, who gives a shit about the coach? They only they only make a difference. A lot of people do say that, don't they? Yeah, it's really unfair as well. And you just yeah, you really have to take a look at the Lakers to kind of see where where you know how things can change. And I think the Timberwolves are a pretty good example of that as well. I think under Thibodeau, though, they've been doing pretty well. Yeah, they've been. I think they've improved a lot. um, Just in terms of, I think basketball understanding is something that people don't talk about. They just. They well, they'll say bar basketball IQ, right? And they'll talk about um, you know how how offenses defenses move. Basketball IQ is pretty meaningless kind of phrase. Yeah, if you don't put it but, in context. Is, isn't that right though? Yeah, exactly. But like understanding is important in terms of basketball because you have to understand, you know, for a lot of these teams, they have to understand how the ball will move depending on the team. And I think the the just the Timberwolves are learning that a, a lot better because last year one of their big problems was 
even though they had all these pieces who could have been good defensively, they just, you know, aren't quite there. But they like rotations are not like defensive rotations are not there. Just you know, that that kind of thing. And I think this has been a really big improvement for them. This is why I think Tom Thibodeau, to me, out of all the free agent coach signings, I'm a little bit biased, but I think he's probably the second best of this offseason behind Luke Walton. And any game that is going to be between the Timberwolves and the Lakers would be worth watching, just for that kind of what they can bring in terms of experience to the team. I mean, he's even making Zach Levine look really smart out there. He's, he's yeah. making Zach Levine have a pretty stellar year so far. Yeah, well, Zach, yeah, Zach, 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 Zach Levine has been one of the big, biggest standouts too for the Timberwolves too. Yeah. I think this year, absolutely, like, he's it's starting to look like a serviceable player, and you know, I think people are starting to get a little bit higher on Zach Levine. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to, I would like to claim that I think we've been pretty, oh, I've been pretty high on you, Zach Levine. You've definitely been pretty high on Zach Levine. And yeah. I think this is like you know, when he when you're getting steady production out of a person, it's it's a it's always the one of the nicest steps. Here's, here's the thing, though, okay, um, talking about skill ceilings for a second, what do you think, who do you think has the highest skill ceiling out of Wiggins and Levine in an ideal situation? Wiggins, just because Wiggins is a little bit, um, a little bit taller, just as athletic. Like, Levine, I, I think they're actually pretty similar players. I think Levine has a slightly better dribble and a slightly better shooter, but Wiggins has a little bit better at understanding how to score. Wiggins to me seems like a more of a a more of a swingmany three than oh, yeah, definitely. a swingman two, and Levine's more like a more like a two that can maybe even play a one. Yeah, he he's a two who can run. He can run the offense at the like one a little bit. Like, so slightly different areas on the court where they have to focus their game, but I think they what their production numbers are looking extremely similar. If yeah, if yeah I, I can see that. I can see that. Following on from what you're saying in terms of their similar players. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I just in terms of like how they're like how they're built and their game is, in my opinion, it's not exactly the same. Like Wiggins is much more scoring focused. I think Levine is a little bit less, but on the other hand, he's a little bit of a better playmaker. But you know, it's one of those things where I, th- yeah, I think Wig- Wiggins just has the higher ceiling because. He's just as he's just as as athletic while just being bigger. I think a lot of people that are on uh, the forums and stuff like that on Reddit, they're kind of higher on Levine at the moment. I mean, this was kind of before the forty-seven point game. I think it's probably shifted a little bit now. Oh yeah, it's because Le- yeah, Levine's game is a little bit more well-rounded. the The problem with Wiggins was people were kind of saying, you know, at best he's going to be like an empty mildly efficient scorer kind of along the lines of um kevin martin kevin yeah no, that's probably is it kevin, martin? kevin martin's no. probably worst case scenario now eh? but you know what his numbers if you look at them kind of look very similar to what kevin martin can put up in a season at his prime yeah but i think i think wiggins will improve on his rebounding i think it's important to note that that phrase at his prime eh yeah like when we're talking about that kind of thing let's have a look at the shot charts for a second here you can basically you can basically overlay these on top of each other, and you can see that obviously Wiggins has more of a mid range because that's what he's tasked to do, and Levine's got that three pointer lockdown quite nicely. So, and he's been shooting forty eight point nine percent. This is Levine from the three point range, which is I think very good. 
Yeah, no, that's very good. Um, again, the big thing about Levine is consistency, and the big thing about Wiggins is just, you know, rounding out the rest of his game. Yeah. And which I think both of them are doing. They're both achieving that goal, which is very positive for the Timberwolves. So if you are Tom Thibodeau in this situation, you want to keep both these players on your team. Of course. But there's no one on the Timberwolves who I would say you should just get rid of right now. I think this is a team which you can just keep developing, keep going forward, and just, you know, tack on whatever people you need to round out the roster. Kind of whatever it's the year. Kind of a scarily similar kind of trajectory to the Lakers right now, eh? Yeah, um, I think they're a little bit ahead. Yes, they're, they're a few more years ahead. I think they're a few more they've years. They've got two number one picks. So don't forget about that. Yeah, I, I, again, I th- yeah, I think the players that they have are better, just are better overall. Remember when they had three? Should we? Let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, so Cat's been good. Levine's been really good. Wiggins has been great. Uh, Ricky Rubio has been good as usual. Yeah, this is a this is a nice team. This yeah. is a really nice um, team. Is Shabazz there? Yes, yes, he has he, been good too. He's been playing good. Let's have a look at Shabazz's game log over the last uh, season. So he's averaged 17.1 minutes. He's gone down a little bit over the, over um, when compared to the previous season. Uh, and he's been overall not so bad. Coming off the bench, doing work. He's had a positive effect. I think... Um, uh, who else is there on the team that was has been good? Uh, uh but but I can't I can't remember his name. Starts with B, ends with K. I think. <laughs> this is terrible. I'm not good at names. This is one of my biggest flaws. Are you are you talking about Nemanja? Yeah, that guy. Jalika. I, I don't fucking know what. It or is are you talking name. about uh, Georgie Ding? No, not Georgie Dang. Because he's good. He's, Georgie he's, Dang's he's, not he's, bad. He's, he's really good. Um, oh, maybe we'll save it for another time then. Yeah. Yeah. The team is on a similar trajectory to Los Angeles. And maybe, yeah, The I, I think when you look at these matchups, they're, they're going to look, they're going to be quite good. Okay, next news item. We're going to talk about uh, Serge Ibaka for, for, for a little bit. So he said, he, Serge Ibaka came back to play his old team yesterday yep and he shot a game winning tippin uh it's not really a tippin well no it was of, just a, it was kind just, of like a layup no it was a fadeaway it was actually a fadeaway it was against Stephen Adams yeah 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 yeah, yeah. huh yeah, he, uh, he, it was a it was a uh, pump fake and then into jump shot oh right on the uh, on the right side yeah 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 at 0.4 seconds what do you think about Serge Barker and how he's kind of fitting into the magic at the moment? Um, I think the team is absolutely horrible still. <laughs> yeah. Like they're kind of like they they have some very interesting like lineups which is just like oh that's kind of cool I guess. But on the other hand it's kind of like wow they have just traded away so much talent over the, like over the past 2 years, mm. 2 3 years. Yeah, the thing with the magic is they could really take it to a lot of teams last year, especially teams like the Thunder. I mean they I just remember every single game that the Thunder played the Magic last year was really, really exciting. And they seem to have continued this trend right now, but I don't think they're going to win that many more games against them. No, I, I don't think so. The the, the big thing is that's, that that makes the Magic interesting is the fact that, you know, they have a lot of players who are very tall, versatile, or mildly versatile, and just long. Right, so it was a nine-foot shot. Sorry, I, 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 I picked yeah. that up from the article. Yeah, but... um. 
on the on the whole though, this team's I I still don't like the Magic team. I don't like the way Barker plays most nights. Actually, there's a lot of nights where he just kind of mails it in. So far, I that I've seen. Mm. Like he'll be like, okay, well I'm just gonna do what like, I'm just gonna do my thing, and then that'll be it. I'm not really gonna. I I don't know how to put it. I think like overall, this team just doesn't feel fantastic to watch. I think is how I put put it. I think a lot of the um, I think a lot of the talent they've traded away is like a little bit of a part of that. I think also just the fact that their lineups are kind of weird because you've got a multiple guys who you want to play in multiple positions, where they still haven't sorted all the shit out. So you know, it's just, it's just one of those situations that are a little bit awkward in terms of just we're probably what they've managed we'll probably look at f- featuring the magic when they play a few more games down the line and uh we'll have a look at some of the games that they're playing but i, yeah. I can kind of see where you're going with that they've got a lot of players on there that uh that are left on the roster that we're still waiting to see whether or not they're going to be great guys like uh, alfred payton and Ivan fournier and uh nikola vucevic who's kind of receded a little bit over the last couple of seasons for, uh, for and whatever, also um what's for whatever reason Aaron Gordon. And Aaron Gordon, yeah. yeah. And uh, Mario Hazonia. They also have, what's his name? Uh, Bismack, too. Bismack Biombo. So, so it's actually a roster that's loaded with a lot of talent. They just have to put it together. Exactly. Mm. And it's, I don't know how they'll put it together, which is the big thing, I guess. The last news item that I've got here is the DeMarcus Cousins thing. Now, what's your view on this? There's been a lot of rumblings of DeMarcus Cousins being traded, but not a lot of actual trades being tabled. See, this is my problem. I feel like I feel like this all these rumors have started up so early, mainly because, you know, the season's going kind of nicely. You got a lot of interesting storylines, people are having fun, it's great, so someone has to stir the shit up. But um the They're kind of average team though, you know what I mean? They, which, which is an improvement. And it's an improvement over the shit show that has been last year. Well, that's that's true. That's and true. like honestly, I don't PC. It's like, are you trying to um, put it? Th- I don't know if the Kings want to trade Demarcus because I feel like they're really set on him being the franchise player, which you know I think he has kind of shown he might be capable of doing. Yeah, and if he leaves, there isn't that much left. Exactly. Like I, you I, can see, kind of like the minute distribution as well. Like they're having trouble finding out what the lineups are actually going to be like this season. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I honestly think the biggest trade to come out of Sacramento might just be Rudy Gay. They'll trade Rudy Gay to a contender who who you know who wants them, and they'll get some nice pieces back. Is Rudy Gay ready to start on the bench on a contending team, or what team would he go to that would shoot them into contention if he goes there and maybe potentially starts? Oh, that is a hard question. Yeah, because I can't really picture in my mind, a team that desperately needs a player like Rudy Gay at this point in time. Maybe um, the Clippers? Thinking. Yeah, maybe the Clippers. I don't know. The Clippers are interesting because, I, in my opinion, small forward is still their weak point. Yeah, so if you look down the Clippers, and we'll, we'll, we're going to look at the Clippers in a little bit more of an in-depth fashion later, but if you look down the Clippers, I mean, you still got Paul Pierce bouncing around on this team. Yeah, but Paul Pierce is not the same Paul Pierce. Yeah, exactly. And, like, and you got Mbamute, you got Wesley Johnson. I yep. feel like I'm missing someone huge right now. Probably not. Not off the top of my head, no. Yeah. It's, uh... Oh, yeah, that's it. That's the thing as well, you know? That's it. That's yeah. it. They could really use Rudy Gay. 
But, you know, what would they have to give up? That's the question. Well, I don't know if the Kings kind of... Oh, Jesus, I just got... I just... Oops. I just totally just... Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay, hold on. Here we go. My computer just came up with all these messages, <laughs> and I clicked update. Oh, at least you can... I hate doing that. Okay. What was the point that I was trying to make here? Yeah, so... The Kings don't particularly look like they're having any glaring holes right now. I think if you just settle the if you settle the lineups, things are gonna be okay. If you one telling thing is if you look at Ty Lawson's game log and just look at the variability of his minutes, that's not that's not particularly good. I mean at the beginning of the season it's probably fine. Uh I think it's them just trying to, you know, get Ty Lawson to be good, but it's just not happening. Mm. Um the guard depth on this team just isn't that good. No, it's like, not. Just, that, that's the end of it. No, it's not. Yeah. But on the other hand, um, I think this year is all it's all about, for the Kings, it's all about proving to DeMarcus that this team is actually going to be good at some point within the next few years. And I don't, I think if they don't manage that by the trade deadline, as in like they're not like kind of slightly below average slash average team, mm. they're probably going to be like, okay, sure, we we should really should trade him. Yeah, but uh, like before then, I don't see the point of this because if he stays and the Kings like awesome, we get him to stay. Like, you know, they just literally have to just get better at building around him, which they're kind of not really doing, to be honest. Like their, their drafts still make no sense. It's not It's not know. particularly healthy to trade intra like like division as well, eh? Yeah, but you have to I, think about it this way, right? Mm-hmm. How likely are you contending for the championship? Yeah. So if you trade someone who's like kind of useful to you now, but will potentially be very good for you in the f- like but will potentially come back for something good in the future. Mm. And you're not contending, then of course. I mean, you're you're never going to trade something to a rival who is literally going. You're it's, probably going to meet in the playoffs. It's not going to happen soon, is it? No. How crazy would it be if he like get, if Austin Rivers gets traded just before the trade deadline? That would be insanity. That'd be insane. Yeah. You heard well, it. You cons- you heard it here first. Oh, considering that you know Austin Rivers, how many insane things that he has achieved on the Clippers in terms of just like wow he's still playing wow he's actually kind of being an okay player wow, wow he's making that, 11 million dollars yeah, this year wow that is way too much money etc etc <laughs> yeah 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 but you know that still pales in comparison to what his teammate is getting so obviously you know th- th- this is not the most insane move by the Clippers either yeah I don't know it it could happen it could really happen they might okay okay what about this what about this what about this if I just straight up just said, okay, um, oh, Clippers are over luxury tax. Okay. No so, way. Not for J.D. Redick. He's way he's, too valuable. He's for very valuable for the team. I know. I know. But the thing is, you you do have people that can potentially move up to that starting role because the Clippers traditionally have never really needed, since Chris Paul's joined the team, really never needed a two-guard that's especially that great at being a two-guard. They need I, a guy who can shoot three-pointers, and Rudy Gay does bring you that. I disagree with that. I think I think that the fact that J.D. Redick has become such a good player 
yeah. has been one of the reasons why the Clippers are continually been really well, good. Yeah, you could really you could say that. I know, but the thing is, they've been pretty successful going, you know, just for seasons and seasons without really the need for a type of player like JJ Redick on the team. And I think it's it's more the fault of guys like DeAndre Blake, and it's more the cause fault that they haven't been doing as well as they've been doing. I don't want to put any of the blame on Chris Paul. I, you know, I mainly want to put this on guys like Blake Griffin and stuff that are trying to put their game together. That's the know. thing. That's that's I that, think, that's that's the thing. I, I don't think just because he's just... Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a shooting guard that's, that's the problem. Yeah, I think they've just been really awfully unlucky the past one or two years. That's, that's honestly it. Well, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's just interesting that you bring up the Clippers. I don't think it's ever going to really happen. But no. it's interesting to music. The, the Clippers it. don't have the pieces to trade. That's the thing. That is that is the big thing about. They don't have. There's no one they want to let go of that would actually be. You know that they could actually trade. Yeah. For Rudy, for Rudy Gay, and but, so you know what what but, are they going to do? By the way, this is the fourth quarter for you. Eh? We, we we originally wanted to talk about Demarcus Cousins being traded, and we're just talking about Rudy Gay. We're just just talking about Rudy Gay now. Yeah, well, that's because Demarcus' trade room is a stupid right now. It's ridiculous. It's like, yeah. why would you trade him like two games into the season? Nick Minute, Nick Minute, he's just gone. Yeah, well, it's like sure that'll happen, but it'll still be stupid. Just because something is a reality does not mean that it is not stupid. Hey, Brian, I just realized something. Yeah, we just did our first ever installment of the fourth quarter storyline tracker. <laughs> Where's Demarcus going? That is one of the track. That is, is one, one of the, of the track tracking. stories. Yeah, That's one of the track and currently, stories. I'm still saying nowhere because why? We'll see. I think it's very possible he moves still, just because not because the people are saying it, not because there are general managers that will not be named that are saying it, but I just think it's the Kings, and I think they're going to fuck this up somehow. Yeah, I, that that is always the possibility, which is yeah, the Kings fuck it up, but I don't know, man. Nice easy segue into the Clippers. They're absolutely on a tear. They're absolutely rolling the season. What's going on in the down the hall in LA? I, th- I honestly think is well. One thing is their bench is I think is improved. I think they have a little bit more versatility in terms of who they can bring on. Okay, so they added guys like Bass. They added guys like Spates, guys who can take pressure off the already established bench mob. Yeah, so it's not just. Jamal Crawford and Austin Rivers anymore, you know. Right, right. Um, Mamute's there. Mamute. He's starting though. Yeah. Um, and got Wesley Johnson. Yeah, Wesley Johnson. He's still he's still there. He's still serviceable. He's not the best player, but yeah, he's, but he, he's, he's good a off good the bench. bench player, I think. Yeah. You've got you know you've got your new bigs with Maurice Spates and Brandon Bass. Yep. You've got you got Raymond Felton. Oh yeah, obviously we can hear about Raymond Felton. Yeah. But you know you've got you've got good proven players in the league kind of these it's these are not the most exciting players in the world no but that was one of the problems like the clippers have had for the past couple of years which is the fact that you know they have a fantastic core they have a fantastic starting lineup god their bench is awful the lump city thing really i think hurt them a lot I, i'm just gonna put i'm just gonna put it out there you know what i, I swear mean? you say this about it once every like three or four episodes what, that I hate Lob City? Yeah, you do. You really hate Lob City. Well, okay. Uh, l- let me explain it in a little bit more detail. Yeah, go for it. I, I hate Lob City. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, Michael. <laughs> okay. And uh, mainly because it, it's not... This is a professional basketball franchise you're running here. You know? Lob City cannot be an identity for a championship-winning basketball team. 
I don't know. You, you guys... know what I mean? Like the Splash Brothers can be, because that, that and they did it because they played the meta. You know what I mean? Lob City is the Harlem Globetrotters. Okay, that, that... yeah, and they've never lost a game. <laughs> Yeah, but if you're going to be playing the Washington Generals all day, then yeah, obviously they're never going to lose a bloody game. But do you know? You see what I mean here? Like, whenever I hear that name, I expect to see Austin Rivers riding down the bloody court on a bloody unicycle. You know, Lob City's hurt them a lot, and 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 they're normalising now. They're becoming a normal basketball team, and this is why they're doing well. And you mentioned something over dinner as well. Blake Griffin has finally been reconciling his game a little bit so what we've seen is imagine blake griffin as a band okay okay debut album huge yeah right yeah um really popular a couple of really great singles on there yeah i'm comparing them to radiohead by the way okay okay so a couple of good singles on there pretty like popular you know what i mean yeah pretty popular that's pablo honey okay okay second season okay Starts getting a little bit more experimental with what he's trying to do out there. Yeah. Okay. But still is very popular and still does the dunks, you know, yeah. still is a bit of an asshole. That's the Benz. <laughs> okay. And then you get to the third year and I believe that's when people started to say, okay, this guy is a bona fide franchise player. He's, he's a franchise player in the making right Yeah. Here. Okay, computer. Radiohead's most critically acclaimed album, right? Sure. Oh man, we're, we're, we're going way down the rabbit hole now. Okay. And then everything changes. Okay. Then he decides, I'm going to start shooting from the outside. That's I'm going true. to change my game. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. That's Kid A. So after OK Computer comes this really strange electronic album that almost gets rid of any instruments that's recognizable to the human ear. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A lot of vocoded vocals and stuff like that. We should yep. do a music blog. I'm, I'm just <laughs> and this is Blake Griffin. Like, this is... The traditional fans of Blake Griffin, so the people that like the lobs, like the dunks, like the craziness, like the stoic, like not stoic, sorry, no, wrong word. I'm um, like like the assholeness. Well, like the, like the jumping over the jumping over down. the car, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. steer down and all that stuff. They're like, what's going on here? And he attracts yeah. maybe a whole bunch of new fans to 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 the crew. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Maybe alienate some of his previous fans just a little bit, okay. but still critically acclaimed. I mean, I know advanced stats guys would like, yeah, the Blake Griffin should keep doing what he's doing right now. He's doing well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And we are going to skip a few albums because they don't match up to my metaphor correctly. <laughs> okay. But okay. So, okay. So Amnesiac, Hell to the Thief. You know, here's the thing, right? Amnesiac is another electronic album. Sounds very, very similar to Kid A. Very, very well received. And people put these two albums side by side. And I can kind of see them as the last couple of seasons that we're dealing with, right? Right. This is now when Hail to the Thief comes out. And this isn't a particularly liked album by the critics, right? Okay. It's still a very okay. nice album. Yeah. But it kind of starts combining. So it starts taking the good parts from all the stuff that Radiohead has gotten. And it starts developing that famous sound. It's like when you're a rock band and you get to this stage of your career, it's you get a sound that people recognize as you. And every single thing that comes from then on can be that particular sound. And this yeah. is when this metaphor completely breaks because <laughs> cause the, bas- cause the basketball player at this point, if he develops his style and if he does it well, then he can become a Hall of Fame player. Yeah. But if a band does this, they just become boring, right? So yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll stop talking about bands now, <laughs> okay? And what I'm saying is this. Blake Griffin is now shooting. Yeah. Over 50% of his shots from the inside of the paint. Yeah. Okay. He's taking less 
weird mid-range shots. Yep. And he's still putting up 2010. Essentially 2010 numbers. Sounds about right. I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done, by the way. I, I think <laughs> I, I, you, you need to finish this bit for me. I'm just saying that. So my point is, okay, the cons- the consolidation is really good, and I'm I'm glad that it's happening. Yeah, I'm glad it's I'm glad to see it. And I I think everyone would agree with you because one of the criticisms of Blake Griffin has been the fact that he takes too many you know mid range shots. He doesn't play he doesn't play his old style. He doesn't try and go to the rim as much anymore. And I think this has been a very very good season for him to put it all together. I think he needs to have done this because you know um. Chris Paul can't just carry the team by himself anymore. DeAndre has shown that he'll never become a fantastic offensive player. I think DeAndre's kind of consolidated as well. well a little bit. DeAndre's gone back, to, I think, to what he does best and not worrying about just what he can do. Is that a particular... Okay, okay, let me think about this, though. Like, do you think that has any bad aspects to that at all? Because he's just gotten paid, right? Well, here's my opinion on it, right? Yeah. I think DeAndre, in this situation, no. Because mm-hmm. DeAndre knows it's not his place on the team to score. And he doesn't have to score. And he's one of the few players who doesn't give a shit whether he gets touches or not. Which is fantastic, because most big men complain if they don't get touches. <laughs> it's uh, it's a strangely valuable commodity to... Yeah. From the outside, we can think, like, why don't you just not care about this and you'll be really good? Exactly. Yeah, but but a know, lot of people, big men don't, don't think this people way. People want to get this their numbers people want to get their touches but not just that he has also shown that if everything goes to shit and he barely does need to step up he can do it but he doesn't have to do it every day and i think he's one of those like third or fourth pieces on a team which is fantastic to have it's just someone who when the situation demands it can be sure okay i can carry this team for a night yep but most of the time, they'll be like, you know, everyone else has got this. Yep. I'm just gonna do. I'm just gonna do the things to help us win. Yep. And he's turned into one of those players, which is, you know, everyone's evolving past their Lob City days, which is nice. Lob like, City was a spicy meme when it came out for the first time, and it started getting pretty tiring for guys who like watching winning basketball. And uh, yeah, I felt Chris Paul like. <laughs> This is like goes to show like the 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 maturity of these players when they first heard about this, right? You're getting Chris Paul, arguably one of the greatest point guards of all time, and it's like, and all they think about is, oh, look, think about how many lobs that we can get. Yeah, that's from, true. From this player, yeah, and maybe maybe they just miss their window just a little bit. Do you think this is sustainable? Like, do you think I they're gonna be? Think- do you think we undervalued the Clippers a little bit by putting them um, fourth? I still don't think so. Because we put them fourth. We did put them fourth, sorry, yeah. Because potential-wise, they have the lowest ceiling out of everyone. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Uh, This is, sorry, no, you keep going. Well, the Warriors, you know, have insane, an insane potential ceiling. Mm -hmm. Can we mention the Spurs last, by the way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the Cavs are still very good. I think, you know... After the championship win, like the team has a better idea of how it plays. It's so much. I think, I think there's a certain level of comfort to defending a hard-earned championship. Yeah, that you can take. It's it's not just that. I think it, like without changing a lot of the pieces and mildly improving on what they have, mm-hmm. and the fact is LeBron is still LeBron. They don't have to win, you know, all these games during the regular season. Everything is about the playoffs for them. And you know, in the playoffs, I don't think there is anyone who can put up better performance than LeBron in the league currently. Yeah. 
apart from maybe KD. The thing is, LeBron isn't even trying, and he's almost putting up a triple-double exactly. every game. And then you have, like, at the end of it, we have the Spurs, and I think the Spurs are just a little bit better. Here's the thing about the Spurs that scares me a lot. Okay. Okay. One, I'm going to do two things that we're talking. I'm going to talk about two things. Yep. One thing is scares me in a good way, and the other thing is scares me in a really bad way. Okay. Okay. Number one scares me in a good way. Kawhi Leonard's ceiling is still unknown, in a good way. This yeah, is st- that's scares true. me in a really good way. He is, I think, my number one pick for MVP right now. Interesting. It's very possible because think about this. Okay, we'll go through the top teams. LeBron is probably not going to particularly have a, you know, a, a regular season where he needs to be put out MVP numbers. There's no, no need. Yeah, and he's doing that right now, even though he's he is still technically putting up MVP numbers. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, they're on the same team. They're going to split the vote potentially. Yeah, because right now they're both scoring thirty points a game. Right. Okay. So they're going to split the vote. Yeah. So Kawhi Leonard though is on this aging Spurs team as a player with an unknown ceiling. He could be Defensive Player of the Year already. Because yeah. we know how he disrupts well, de- he's already he, he disrupts offense. He's already won it twice. Exactly. He could be. I think very well could be the MVP. He's still improving his offense. It's, it's just crazy to, to watch this kind of player. Like okay. emerge, right? I have two early picks for the MVP. Okay. One of them is Russell Westbrook, an easy one. Oh, of course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is this is my this is my this is my I think this is the MVP pick though. Okay. I love talking about Russell Westbrook, as you know. <laughs> I think it's gonna be James Harden. Do you know why? Why is that? The blowback from last year, because he didn't make an all NBA team. Oh. So people will get like So suddenly they give him MVP. Yeah, they, they're gonna, That's so bullshit. But it can happen. It could happen. Also, he is also Averaging 14 assists and like 20 something points. Like, what the fuck? D'Antoni, though. D'Antoni. Yeah, but you know, numbers are nice. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I was about to say numbers don't lie, but numbers lie all the time. We'll, so, see, you know. we'll see how many <laughs> wins the Rockets get. Yeah, I think if they get to either of those teams, get to the playoffs, those two are probably the key, like the two, mm. like gunning for MVP. I have my money on Kawhi. We'll put it that way. Yeah, and I can see that. But so, so, yeah, anyway, sorry. The weakness with the Spurs is they don't have. Fantastic guards, in my opinion. Like Danny Green's here's, good. Danny Green's really good. Here's the thing. I mentioned scary bad. Yep. Tony Parker scares me in a bad way. Oh man, he, I, I'm, no, he, I just don't like him that much right now. He is bad. He's not like okay, okay. He's not like. He, he he's not even like a little bit good right now. Here's in terms of a starting point guard in this Western Conference, last year and this year are really exposing the one big flaw that Tony Parker has always had but has always been really well hidden he can't shoot not just that I think that's okay okay sorry yeah it's the fact that he can't play defense ah so you have to hide him like he's it's always been kind of hidden because of the fact that Tim Duncan is the greatest help defender of all time yes and it kind of became a problem last year when Tim Duncan the greatest help defender of all time could only play 20 minutes a game because he was also old as fuck yeah and now Tim Duncan the greatest help defender of all time is no longer on the team yeah and Tony Parker's just like, well, good luck, guys. Yeah. You know, like, LaMarcus is a pretty good help defender. I think he, yeah, he's a good defender in general. Yeah. Paul Gasol is not. No. He doesn't have the foot speed on the perimeter, and he can't chase people to the rim. Yes. He, it's fine if you just need him to stand there and be Pal- tall. Paul Gasol on the switch is a fucking nightmare. It's like, exactly. oh, you know, like, he's probably going to get scored on now. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have, this is a problem. And then the young guards aren't really playing fantastically. DeJounte Murray isn't 
Bill does not look like a good basketball player. Jonathan Simmons is the sole bright spot on this guard lineup right now. Jonathan Simmons is very good. I really like his uh, play. I technically think, not really a guard, more like a wing. But I you think know. Danny Green has got injured today. Did he? Oh no. And not the great Danny Green. A good defender. Yeah, so this is this is just creating Fuck. sorry. You know, just problems right now. For I think how how good the Spurs are. Okay, so he's got a, he's got a groin injury. Yeah, and I think this is going to be a really interesting year for the Spurs because I still think they're very good. I think but Kawhi can get it done. They mm. yeah, they need to fix this guard issue. Is what I'm that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, let's and look. Yeah. Just oh my god, God, his stats are so good. Yeah, yeah, he's just a very Good play. I think he's a very good Spurs system player. Yeah. Jonathan Simmons, bright spot. Kawhi Leonard, bright spot. LaMarcus, LaMarcus Aldridge, good. pretty bright spot. Um, you know, they've got they've got an okay bench. Mm. They've got you know, they're they're a decently deep team. Like, Defensively speaking, they're still pretty good. They're still good. Yeah. Parker Soul is actually not doing bad. Yeah. He he's been fine. Yeah, the makeup of the team definitely puts them in third place out of the top teams where, yeah. where were we going with this by the way it was just in comparing them to whether the spurs are better than these oh guys. yeah of course of course yeah and honestly i don't think that the clippers are i think mm. the clippers are now actually big enough to handle the i mean the spurs are now big enough to handle the clippers yeah i feel like um, we probably need to get together and watch the games when they start meeting each other yeah that's let's, true let's have a look at um so look at the clippers schedule well we could always look at the first see. game they played against each other yeah yeah which was there, which the Clippers won very easily. Did they? Yes. Oh, of course. Hold on. I think they won by. I, I am trying to find it. Here we go. We'll get there. We'll get there. San Antonio Spurs, they won by a total of 24 points. Uh, 20 something is my memory, but I'm not 100% on that. Yeah. Yeah. 24. Yeah. So So let's see what happened in that game. Bench did well. Spates had a Mo Buckets kind of game, looks like. DeAndre Jordan was very good on defense. Very good on defense. Look at this defensive look at this defensive performance by this team. Really good. Kawhi Leonard did not play well. Three of thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. And like the thing about Kawhi that's really standing out to me, one is his incredible free throw shooting. 97%. Yeah. Two is the fact that he's getting his three-point... Like, he started off shooting three-pointers really badly. He's getting a shot back now. Mm. But overall, it's just... Yeah, this team is... I think the Spurs is just a little bit better because... I Pop, actually Pop's don't know gonna, why. Pop's going to rest less players this year. We're going to see... I think they're becoming a little bit more of a... And it's funny to say this about the Clippers, but they're going to become more of a regular season team at this point, going into the playoffs. Honestly, the yeah, I think I think for the Clippers, it's really wait and see game because we haven't seen them in the playoffs basically last year. Last year was horrible for them, you know, injuries. Yeah, just injuries one after another, another. Yeah, and they could they could make a lot of a lot of noise. Basically, these three teams are it's going to be really it's going to be really shitty for one of them because mm. one of them will have to play all. Well, actually, no. All of them will have to base. One of them will have to basically play both teams. Yeah. Oh yeah. We've got to look at the schedule. Sorry. And one of them will have to. We'll, we'll be able to get through just by playing one. 
Probably. Yeah. yeah. So this is a situation where it's just like, I, I, I kind of like wish the playoffs could be structured a little differently just so we could watch these more of these games. Okay, so the next really important game that the Clippers are going to be playing is against the Cavs. And that is on December 1st, US time. It's going to be in the afternoon uh, on a Friday afternoon for us. I think we can okay. watch that. I think Probably, we, can, we, yeah. we can definitely watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll report back on it. So that's in a couple of weeks' time. Pretty exciting stuff. And then you're going to play the Warriors a few days after that. Man, I'm going to be forced to watch Clippers games now. I I don't think it's that bad. I think the Clippers are <laughs> the Clippers are actually a, like okay to watch team. Like it's definitely not like watching the fucking um. I don't know. There's a lot of teams I don't enjoy watching. C- can I segue? Yeah. Do you enjoy watching the Raptors? Not a whole lot. I'm not going <laughs> to... Actually, the Raptors are a weird team because they'll have moments where they play very well and they'll have moments where they just are kind of like, huh, that just happened. So this is kind of the last team that I wanted to talk about, that we, we, you know, we've been kind of planned to talk about. Yeah. DeMar DeRozan's Raptors. And I can say this now, like, hand on heart, this is his team now. Yeah, I think that's true. As a fan of DeMar DeRozan, are you happy about this the way that he's coming out this season? I love the fact that he has figured out what he is as a player. Every meta has to have an anti-meta, right? A guy who's like anti-meta. I think sure. he might be the ultimate anti-meta guy at the moment. Well, he's he's one of the unique guys in the league because he's one of the few guys left who is a very old-style true guard. In terms of just not not just in terms of his game, but in terms of his build, he's six foot six. He's yep. big. He's yep. athletic. Yep. He's strong. Yep. The last two guard who played a similar style as him is Kobe. Yes. And then before that, a lot of people drawing comparisons between. You know, like he's from that line of your traditional, your now traditional two guard, which is you build a very a, athletic guy. You build your game around kind of. Pump fakes, turnaround jays, fadeaways, a lot of mid-range stuff, a lot of stuff that. at the rim. Yeah, you know, the ability to get to the rim, the ability to post up, all The ability to shoot over your defender. Exactly. Massive, massively underrated these days, I think, these skills. Yeah, perhaps. because three points is worth more than two. Yes. But, but statistically speaking, you don't really need these skills as such, <laughs> but if you have a player who can transcendently exploit these skills, you start winning games. Exactly. Yeah, so that's I mean, anti-meter right there, yeah? Yeah, the only the other two players who are kind of comparable is like D-Wade has always technically been kind of that kind of player. He's kind of moving towards the other side now, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, and Jimmy Butler is the other guy who was going that direction. I hesitate these days to mention Jimmy Butler, even though last year I very clearly said on this show, Jimmy Butler plays exactly like Kobe Bryant. I could probably like play you the um the replay yeah. of that. But, you know, the, the, the Bulls system is different now. And exactly. Jimmy Butler's yep. a good player, so he can adjust to those systems that way. Yeah, so uh, Rose, the Rosen's becoming pretty unique here. Yeah, but... Andrew Wiggins, maybe? A little bit of Different Wiggins? kind of player. Yeah. It, Wiggins is a different kind of player altogether. Mm. But Just riffing now. Yeah, you can yeah. overlay Kobe. There was a video posted on Reddit today of MJ being overlaid, DeMar DeRozan. Yes. Did you watch that? I, I didn't get to watch that. I no. didn't watch that. I, didn't, I don't know if it's going to be that good. But... Yeah, but he's I got the same moves. He does. But you can tell what of, kind of tape he's been watching. A lot of, I think a lot of your big shooting guards will end up gravitating towards that kind of style because it's... Yeah. It is a good style, especially... I like the fact that he's just lowering his three-point attempts, which is one thing. No, they're basically non-existent now. Yeah. He's probably attempted less than 
15 three-pointers all season? I'm not too sure. I think but so. I, I'll get the, I'll get you the exact number as you keep talking. It's just, yeah, it's because last year the big problem was he was having a fantastic year. You know, he was learning to pass the ball, all that good stuff. But you saw in the playoffs when things become crunch time, you need to learn, like, you need to play as your style of ball. And last year his style wasn't good because he goes back to a lot of his old bad habits, which was um, dribble, dribble, fade away, long two, dribble, dribble, three. These things that he wasn't that particularly that comfortable or that good with. The team is giving him good looks as well now, I think, more and more. Yeah. Look at this. I was I was almost completely on the money. He's shot 14. Yeah. He's shot 14 and he's made a three. Yep. Sounds doesn't about to, right. Doesn't need to do it. I mean, this is 14 three-pointers out of a total field goal attempt of 218. Now, I've got to look at this guy's shot chart now. I'm really interested. I am very interested. Yeah. And, you know, when... I think I think because a lot of our... Guards have a lot of I'll put it this way, a lot of two guards, and I think a lot of how shall we say it, American basketball mm, yeah, has yeah. been you know a lot of American basketball is very Ice, standardized. Yeah, yeah, I see heavy stuff, man. Not just that you go you, like oh for him, or yeah, I mean just I mean yeah in general for for a while yeah. But like, like American basketball has been very you go you start off you go through you know your training. Amps go through middle school, high school. Ah, right. Talking about the, then the, the system leading NCAA, up to it. Yeah. 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 Yep, yep. And a lot of shooting yards are very, you know, they are very standardized. You learn how to shoot. You learn how to do these things. Everyone plays like this sets, you know, you kind of grow up playing a set style. So you can say when you enter the pro leagues, you either go one way, which is trying to develop on a whole new set of skills and become a bit of a project for a team, or you just keep banging on those skills. Yeah, and but it's like a lot of people have this preconceived idea of what a two guard is like. Right. And I think the, one of one of the things that st- stood out initially for me for Demar Derozan was the fact that he was incredibly athletic, and the fact that he had a lot of potential. Yeah. And I think the the thing that has really stood out to me about this year is he's finally really playing towards re- his really big strengths, which is the fact that he is a fantastic scorer and he's incredibly athletic. And he doesn't. I, I've noticed by his shot chart one thing that really troubles defenses, which is he doesn't favor one particular side. No, either. and he likes getting the shots at the top of the key. Yes. I think that's a very important area. Cause that's, that's a where, good spot. It's a, that's a, where a lot of pick and roll work happens too, yeah. and a lot of off the screen. Because it gives you more options, yeah. doesn't it? Because if you know that he's going to be a threat to score, then you're probably going to want to switch to him if you, if you, if you get a screen Exactly, and it's a lot easier to open space on that position to get a comfortable shot rather than on the perimeter as such. Mm. Mm. And it's... It's these kind of things. It's like it's showing that he's understanding himself better and he's understanding how basketball can work better too. That's good stuff, man. No, it's, I, it's just good to see. It's yeah. just good to see from players who you you know kind of been like, okay, this is this is the guy for a while. It's good to see that they're still um they're they're, they're still doing quite a good job up there in Toronto. I mean, we really hope we, we were hoping that after seeing what they did last year, we were really high on them, and yeah. um that they could sustain this this year. So that's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good to see. Like, even though last year's playoffs were a struggle, they've improved into this year, and they come into into this year. I think a much more cohesive team in terms of identity. Because yeah. here is the big problem, right? Okay, this is just like another little side tangent. A lot of play teams try to copy the Spurs style, and that's what the Atlanta Hawks did a few years ago. That's what kind of Toronto tried to do last year. That's what 
you know a lot of teams try to do they're like okay we have these bunch of like good to like great players mm. or we have these bunch of like middle to tier to good players and we're going to make them we're going to try turn this team from something that will be like above average into something fantastic right question is how can you like it's not it's very hard to sustain if you don't have the culture already set in stone because as soon as you start changing pieces it turns into a situation of how you know like how do we make this work again i think you're right teams start finding a lot of successes as soon as there's consistency for for a few years at the very minimum yeah and the spurs got got very very you know lucky with duncan like Tim Duncan was the perfect the guy. ultimate consistency. Played the same team for all his his career. Yeah, and he and the fact that he would be willing to adjust to whatever system that Pop would be like. Okay, this is how we're going to play this year. Yeah, this is the next year how we're going to play, etc., yeah. etc. The fact that he was willing to do that made the culture. This is what the Spurs is now. Like this is their identity. Mm. And you kind of you saw the problems in it with Atlanta last year where key key players left, key players changed. Yeah, whole thing just collapsed. The whole thing fell. Yeah, and then. I think what I'm really loving out of this Toronto this year is the fact that they've identified who their key players are, which is, you know, kind of easy, but they've learned to play around what makes them good. And I think more coaches in the NBA, like, kind of, are kind of like realizing that too. But instead of just going, okay, well, this is how they're good these guys are, and we're just going to copy what they do. Yeah. Instead, they're going to, okay, this is what our players do best. We're going to figure out how to make them the best for the team. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that is just much better to see, I think, out of the coach for Toronto, coaching from Toronto. Couldn't have said it better myself. And I think on that, uh, I think that's it for this week. There's a lot of stuff going on out there. (laughs) That's such a general statement. (laughs) There's a lot of basketball going on out there. Okay. (laughs) I think we might have a Breakers game to go to this week. Uh, Yes. On Thursday. We do. we I actually th- might. I think it's on Thursday. Is it this Thursday? Okay. I, th- I think it's probably this Thursday. Well, I need a double. We need to definitely confirm that, unless. Hmm, I'll what? just. I'll quickly double double check it out. Okay. This. But yeah. So we'll bring you a report from that uh, next week, and some more NBA action. Then we'll see you then. Cool. See, see you, everyone. Bye.